is uh, what we're looking is the danger of not disciplining your kids, okay? And when you look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, uh, we just read uh, verses, uh, 11, uh, verses 12 to 36, okay? Uh, and we re- when we look at this, I think uh, what we see here is there's a danger that if we don't discipline our kids, bad things happen, okay? Uh, and that we should desire to discipline our kids, okay? And actually, it shouldn't be just, I think for some people, sometimes it could be like this. <clears throat> we're, you know, we're on our own world, and then when it's time to discipline, it's often what? Our kid really crossed the way. Line and we are displaying boom because we blew up, right? Because we feel uncomfortable because of something we were offended, and then boom. But I think uh, discipline is actually we need to be very proactive, also. Okay, so here in all of this, okay, uh, so next uh, month will be more of the mechanics, okay. And even for those that have not had children yet, I think it's also important to think about uh, ahead of time uh, these things. I just remember when we had our first kid, just thinking, uh. You know, they're so cute, right? The first year, and it's just so hard. <laughs> then it's like, you come up from the first year, it's like, okay, we need to start what? You know, like, you know, when they're little and they're crying, feeding, that's one thing, right? But also there's a point, it's like, you don't know what, exactly where the line, but you realize, okay, uh, okay, it's not just feeding them now. When they cry, it's now they need to also say, this is not, yeah, this is not right, and that kind of thing, okay? But if we don't think about it, then we can easily, what, uh, slide into just what? Uh, just okay. We'll just give them what they want. What they want, and keep going like that. Okay. <clears throat> so today we're gonna have five points. How many points? Okay. So these are our five points. First one is what? Beware the sin of your children. Okay. Uh, beware the sin of your children. It's gonna be in verses 12 to 17, and in verse 22. And beware. The second one is beware of thinking <clears throat> your example is enough. Okay. Beware of thinking your example is enough. And then thirdly is beware of doing. A little discipline, a little too late, okay? Beware of doing a little discipline a little too late. Uh, And then the fourth point is beware of thinking you are not responsible for not disciplining your kids, okay? Uh, This is where I'm reacting to the idea that every kid, everyone is just responsible for themselves, which is true, but that's not the full story, right? And fifth is let us dedicate our child to the Lord, okay? So even that, I want to even stress that. It's not just, okay, now you start disciplining your kid. We should. But ultimately, what we need to do first, it is spiritual. We don't want to be legal. The first thing you do is just uh, a whole bunch of do, is we need to dedicate our kids to the Lord, and then the discipline will flow from that. Does that make sense? Okay, so five points. Uh, hopefully, we'll get through this long passage pretty quickly, okay? So first point is what, again? Following the outline, what's point number one? Yeah, beware the sins of your children, okay? So we need to know that our kids have what? Sins, okay? If you don't know your kids have sins, well, you need to, we need to go first with the Bible, okay? I think we need to realize that. Because today we live in a world, maybe not us necessarily here, but in the rest of the world, outside of our world in the U.S. today, are there a lot of parents that somehow think their kids could do no wrong? Anyone work in the education system or food service, right? Like their kids can never eat anything wrong, bad, or... Uh, overeat or I don't know um, discipline right like uh, by the way I just heard California I heard that they uh, no longer just passed a law that you cannot suspend kids for disobeying teachers what uh, no. like like d- days kicked out like you know like day suspension of not uh, uh, appearing yeah I don't know if that's a good idea it's kind of like that by the district it's already been for LAUSD okay it's, it's probably more progressive and then statewide or they put it on paper which to me is uh, I don't know um, okay, so let's look at point number one. Beware of the sins of your children, okay? Um, when you look at the story, this is a story about a man named Eli, okay? And Eli has what? Two sons. What are the two sons' name again? You guys remember? Hophni and Phinehas. 
Anthony and Phineas, okay? The name Phineas is a good name from elsewhere, other part, okay? Uh, he was the one that was very faithful to God. I mean, he was kind of zealous. If you read that story, it's, you know, it's the other extreme, right? There's one extreme is like, oh, do whatever bad. Then the other one is like, you know, like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, they're profaning the Lord. And then this guy just walks in and say, and he's with like, you know, his partner that's sleeping around sitting and says, oh, what's going on? And he just, ah, just like kills it. It was like, that's the other, like, the Phineas has extreme, okay, uh, with that. And I actually know someone that named their son Phineas. And I was thinking like, hmm. Which Phineas, right? Okay. <laughs> so, summary about the sons here. You see the summary in verses 12. It says, The sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord. So, two things are stated as summary. Okay? So, you already know the story is, okay, boom. The sons, it's not going to be a pleasant story. Because what? The beginning of the introduction already tell you two things. Okay? Number one, they're worthless men. I think this is talking about moral. Okay? So, it's not talking about, like, in lack of confidence or... or the world's status of money because he comes from who? A high priest's family, okay? Which it would have been probably well to do. In fact, you read the story, he's more than well to do. They're more than well to do, these two sons. They're gonna be what? Stealing from the people, okay? And this deeper thing is it says they did not know the Lord. How sad. They could go to church, so to speak. Oh, that's not church back then, it was a t- uh, tabernacle. And yet still did not really have a genuine relationship with who? With God, okay? I mean, this is scary, okay? Um, then it goes on, the, char- uh, the characteristics, okay? Uh, we're going to see the offense. The first one, the offense, is described in verses 13 to 14, okay? We've read this earlier. Um, and this is where they went, they sent their servants. They didn't do it themselves. They sent servants with what? What did they have in their hands? Is there a... What did they have in their hands? The flesh the flesh, okay? The three prong, okay? This is four prong, okay? But they can't, but I don't think this is just small because why? They're going to people's pot while they're cooking, okay? Could you imagine? Right? This is like a what? This is a three prong discount, okay? He just goes and gets the meat for who? Himself and really the, the sons, okay? So you see, this is bad. By the way, the Bible actually gives a law is that when it comes to sacrifice, we don't have to turn there. It's actually pretty long. Leviticus 7, 20 to 36. It actually gives like, okay, after you do the sacrifice, after you're done with the sacrifice. So which one comes first? You need to sacrifice it first. Then you give the food to the priest. And you know what portion they get? Okay. The portion you get is actually what? Uh, so think of like this fried chicken here, right? Okay. Uh, mm, okay. And the part they get is the breast and the right what? Leg. Okay. So it's like... You're bringing a whole bunch of Popeyes, okay, so to speak, to them, okay? And they get the chickens and thighs, so to speak, okay? Uh, so this is where they get the good parts, okay? They get the good parts, okay? You know, they, they get the good part. People sometimes will, might have a possibility of one leg. But definitely the priests are going to get what? The, the, the good part, okay? So that's already part of the law. But already, they should have already been blessed. But instead, what are the sense? They have what? Greed. They didn't just, okay, they just sent someone to go get what? More food from the people's pot with a, a three a, a, a prong, right? Could you imagine you're cooking your own meal and here comes a guy just what tax you, right? Just tax you with just a fork. I mean, this is incredible, okay? So they would do this to anyone that sacrificed before God, okay? Then there's a second offense. If that's not bad enough, now it gets from bad to what? To worse, okay? And before they burn the uh, fat, according to verses uh, 15. The priest's servant would come and say to the man who was sacrificing, Give the priest meat for roasting, as he will not take boiled meat from you, only raw. Now remember what's God's law? Which one, would you, which one do you do first? Cook and then what? Or sacrifice first and then you 
give it to the priest, and then you save some for what? Yourself, the rest of it. But then you give the, the good part, so to speak, the thighs and all of that, okay? But here, this guy is doing what? He's, he's fleecing the people. He's saying, okay, before you even cook, I'm going to take it away. By the way, their purpose is a sacrifice to God. So when you take away someone's food, that means they came all the way to Shiloh, walked all the way, all those things, and then get, didn't get to what? Do their sacrifice to God. And then they'll feel like, whoa, I'm not fulfilling my requirement before God. So do you see how bad this is? It gets worse, right? That here they say, you know, before they even burn the fat, they're taking it away. But then look at verse 16. Do you think some people will speak up and say, hey, I really need to offer sacrifice. I can imagine when they do the three prong, they kind of feel like, oh, okay, um, it's not in scripture, but I guess that's the way it is, right? <laughs> you know, so one of those things where awkward and you don't know what to do, but then like, okay, they'll get away. But then now it gets blazing, right? Like now it's like you're just taking it away. Does that make sense? They don't even get to do the sacrifice. They say, oh, we're going to just tax you right now because that's what the priests want. Then some of the people can imagine say, wait, 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 no, I came all the way here. I walked all the way here. I killed my best uh, meat, uh, best uh, animal for this. And you're going to take it away? Wait, wait, you can't do this. You're the high priest. Yeah, or you guys work for the priest. But still, we're here to worship God. That's what it says in verses 14. Uh, correction, verses 16. It says, if a man says, they must surely burn the fat first. They're not even saying, don't take things away. They're saying, hey, you need to do the sacrifice for me first. Guess what the servant will say? You should give it to me now. If not, what happened? What is he threatened? Yeah, he'll use what? Force, okay? So here we see this is what? Pretty bad now, okay? Now it's getting what? Threatening of violence, okay? And even only that, not only that, they're supposed to be what? Priests, right? And now they're not even not doing the work of a priest. They're even hindering people that desire to serve God, worship God, and not even uh, hindering them from even fulfilling that. Pretty bad? Pretty bad, I think. By the way, why do you think they want the raw meat for? Is it often themselves or they're out to sell, right? Sell it back in the system, right? If someone else comes and, you know, bring, uh, need to buy meat or whatever else you see, like even the temple, right? Then boom, right? It becomes a lucrative what? Food trade, okay? It's culture, all of that, okay? So this is all what? Fleecing of the people, okay? This is pretty, pretty bad. Then you think this is bad enough? Then we see a third offense. There's even a third offense. Verses 22. It says, Eli was very old and he heard the sons, all the sons were doing in Israel, to all of Israel, and how they lay with the woman who served the doorway of the tent of meeting. What else was going on here? There's now what kind of immorality? Sexual immorality, okay? Uh, isn't it so sad? This is before the temple of the Lord, the sanctuary of the Lord. Back then they didn't have no temple yet. There was a tabernacle. This is before people go in and actually have worship sacrifice. And what is going on? All kinds of bad things. Think about how bad this is. Eli's son has made the area near the tent of meeting. Instead of a place where they're confessing to God and committed to God, they're committing what? Sins before the presence of what? Of God, okay? This has ended up being pretty, pretty bad. So you see again God's assessment in verse 17. Thus the sins of the young men was very, very great before the Lord. For the men despised the offering of the Lord. And it reveals our heart is they in the end despise the offering of the Lord. They really, in the end, despise God Himself. Okay? So as application, uh, our children will sin. Okay? Do you know what their sins are? Okay? Do you know what their sinful tendency are? Uh, if you don't at all, and they're over two, then maybe, or even earlier, right? Uh, maybe, it, you know, it requires us to really take an honest look. By the way, you would never discipline your kid if you don't, are not even aware, if you, in your mind, just always tune out in cognitive dissonance, Right? Um, that there's no nothing wrong. So we need to realize what they are. And do you know what their tendency is? Um, we have three daughters. Each one of them are what? Very different. 
They learn differently, okay? I'm surprised that how sometimes Abigail would like remember the most random, trivial, historical thing that we mentioned, right? Uh, so when we walk around, like uh, when we visit Ben and Noel, uh, we saw this plug and they're like, who's that president? It's like, William and Kinley. It's like, what? What is this? Like, this is really crazy, okay? They remember, and then Hannah said, like, oh, I don't remember, even though it was like not too long. But then she'll remember other things. I had to see the president's book in order to, you know. Uh, then Rebecca's, you know, more conceptual, other things, right? But at the same time, they also have different what? Kinds of sins, okay? Different kind of sinful tendency. Uh, that would play favoritism, but you also need to know what their sinful tendency is. Because you'll never discipline if you're not even keeping an eye out for that. So, second point, I think we need to go, this is, I think, going to get even more convicting. Is beware of thinking your example is enough. Sometimes we could be, have the wrong idea, sometimes we could have the wrong idea, that I don't need to tell my kids what's wrong. I don't need to tell them what's wrong, and I don't need to spank them, I don't need to correct them. Because all I'm going to do is live out as an example. Question, Eli. Eli, apart from his parenting, did he, was he a pretty good priest? What, what, what was the job? He was a priest. He was a priest, okay. <laughs> was he a pretty good priest? Did it mention anywhere in scripture that he'd done anything wrong as a priest, as a role? I'm not talking about his parenting. But as a priest, I mean, this is an evil time period, right? I mean, this is a time period near the judges. And this man here, when you look, it's like, wow, relatively okay, okay? Um, I mean, think about it. He was number one, oh, priest, right? Okay. Number two, we don't see anything negatively written about him other than his parenting. Number three, he served with others, okay? He served with others. Number four, he had no problem correcting what he perceived as people's sin in 1 Samuel 1. We're in chapter 2, but in 1 Samuel 1, remember? There was a woman named Hannah who was what? Whispering on her breath. And then Samuel thought she was what? Drunk. And did he have any problem correcting people when it comes to worshiping God? No, right? When he thought it was sin, he opens his mouth, okay? He says, hey, what's wrong with you? And then, but then he wasn't just wrong. Uh, with that, he was also when he realized, oh, then he what blesses her. So this is a really good pastor, okay? This is a story of a pastor's and a pastor's kid. When a pastor thinks, oh, all I need to do is just go to church. I don't need to par- discipline my kid. And then they're going to raise up what? The horrible MKs and PKs we hear about, okay? So you see the example is not enough. He even could discipline others. And yet he set an example, even in youth. By the way, he's a good, he, this is a guy that you say, oh, you love to have as a pastor. Because he's also what? He's not just only working with adults. He's a good youth pastor. Because what? Who is he discipling? Samuel. Young little Samuel. The little kid. He's discipling. And he's being a good example. And But yet, guess what? Is good example enough for our kids? No. Okay. Uh, nothing that we see is negative. In fact, you know, most of us would not give our kids up to someone. Right? Boarding school. We think that place is bad. So this is someone that he's good enough that we, we say, oh, why don't you go ahead, allow my son and disciple him. And by the way, Samuel did grow into the man of God through him. But you know what's the sad thing is this. Our example is not enough. Which leads me to the question. Do you know anyone that you know like they are so good at being churchmen or churchwomen? They're always there every Sunday, every, every event they're there. And then they're sometimes even there more at church than even the pastors, right? They're there Monday through Mondays, okay? They do everything with the church. They're the deacons. They're the, you know, even if their wife is not the deacon, she's the Wong Ho, Wong, Wong Ho right, of the church, okay? So all of these things, but yet you look at their kids are what? You're like, whoa, it's the very opposite. You think, what happened, okay? So I think that's enough to realize, okay, for us, we can't just say it's good examples. Oh, I'll live good example, and then I'll outsource this to a youth group. There's places for youth group, right? You guys know that? Like, obviously, you guys know on Saturdays, some, on Sundays, you guys sometimes see afternoon what I do with the boys, the young teenage boys. We go over what? 
discipline of godly man. And then they act strange. And then Jin comes over and says, hey, let's do push-ups. And they're all like then telling stories about the hard push-ups and whatever, sports. And they're like, yeah, we'll make it even more harder, right? We'll put things on you or whatever, you know, with that kind of stuff, okay? So all of this to say, uh, all of this, you know, I am a firm believer of that, okay? But nevertheless, beware of thinking your example is what? Enough. So we need to not just only think, okay, we need a good example. Example is, is very, very important, yes? Because if we're a hypocrite, then what? Does that help our kids? No. But at the same time, we also need to be a good example and also use words to what? To instruct and also to correct, okay? So as application, we need to realize our example is not enough. Um, but it is, you know, uh, and also we need to internalize verses in the Bible that teach us to, what? Discipline our kids. We'll look at some of those verses next week. Uh, next week, next month, when we go to the, discip- uh, the mechanics of discipline, okay? By the way, I believe in uh, gospel-centered uh, discipline. It shouldn't just be like you spank them and says, and your kids say, why should I listen to you? Because I say so, right? Because one day, is what? Who's going to be more stronger? The kid, or some of our kids could be even stronger, like, oh, right? Spank, it's like, that didn't hurt. Like, oh, right? And it's like, you know, so you need to what? You need to realize we need to start disciplining them, but also often do it for the Lord and also say, hey, even with correction, I think there's a place of hugs actually to say, hey, we, you know, we love you and we want you to know what? Christ. So every opportunity, um, discipline is really accelerated discipleship, okay? Uh, every time people are wrong, it's an accelerated opportunity for discipleship, to teach them deeper about the grace of gospel, and even the gospel also as well, okay? We'll talk about that next month, okay? So, that, uh, But at least we need to see that we need to be aware that we need a discipline, okay? So beware, as we said, of thinking your example is enough. Then there's a third thing to be aware of. Beware of doing a little discipline a little too late. Look at verses 22 to 25. If you read 22 and 25 without looking at any other Bible verses, uh, if you look at 22 verses 25, you would think that Eli's doing a good job, okay? So in verses 22, the first part, notice Eli knew about his son's sin, because it says what? Eli was very old, and he heard all his sons were doing to Israel. So did he know what his sons did? Okay. In fact, later as we go on, everybody in Israel knows about sin okay isn't it interesting people try to cover up sin but sometimes what everyone knows or it's like almost like you know in the office or at work where everyone knows these people are doing illegitimate things but they're acting like no one knows while they're going to lunch right so here we've seen the same thing eli definitely knew about his son's sin notice in verses 23 what does he do he speaks out against his son okay his sons he said to them why do you do such thing the evil things that i hear from all these people Okay, now is it a good thing what he's doing right now, correcting his sons? Yes, okay. But I think this is what reading critically, I think what he has done here is actually he's done a little too little, a little too late, okay? Uh, remember what their jobs were? They were to be priests, okay? And remember their three offense, right? They were sleeping around, what else? They were also, what, stealing food from the people? And also getting food even before sacrifice. And therefore the people could not do their sacrifice before God, okay? So all these things were pretty, pretty bad, okay? Um, pretty bad, okay? But notice when he says here, I think there's... Um, even though he spoke against sin of his son, there's still some concern. Turn with me to 1 Samuel 3.13, okay? So put your pinky uh, in chapter 2. In chapter 3.13, which is the next chapter, we're going to see now God speaking. It's going to be God's assessment Overall, of the parenting of Samuel, uh, of Eli. First uh, Samuel 3.13. Uh, could I have a happy motivated reader read that out loud? 
for I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blessing God and he failed to restrain him. Yeah, he failed to restrain or some versions say failed to rebuke him. That's correct, okay? But then you might say, wait, is there a Bible contradiction? Because we see in 1st and 2nd Samuel chapter 2, what we just read, that he did correct his son. But then there's this verse that says he didn't. And I think what it is, is God's word is saying, overall, as a pattern, it did not correct it. But now there is a correction. And by the way, notice it says in verses 22, the verse before. If you go back to 1st Samuel 20, uh, 1st Samuel 2, he was very old. I think this is hinting that by the time he's correcting, it's a little too late. He's a, these two sons are what? Grown men. By the way, I also think it was not inadequate. His correction when he just said, hey, stop doing this, okay? By the way, notice their motivation. If you look at the next verse, 24, what is this? He says, no, my sons, like telling them, don't do this. For the report is not good, which I hear the Lord's people circulating. He's saying, don't do this ultimately out of motivation was what? Because people are gossiping about us and our family, okay? Should we only correct when it doesn't look good to us or should we correct for the Lord? Correct for the Lord. And this is what ended up happening. He's not doing it for the Lord first. So therefore, when he is correcting, it's because of what? His appearance. His appearance. What do you call this? Mianju, uh, right? Uh, face, okay? Uh, so you see he's doing it for a face. And by the way, I also think uh, he should not have just only said it, but because the roles of their sons are also priests, he should have removed, right, his sons from being priests. And yet the passage does not say he removed it. In fact, they're going to continue to do the role of a priest, okay? So we need to realize there's a danger of doing a little discipline a little too late. And it's good to know now, okay? Can I say this? Um, uh, I think as a pastor, I have many burdens. And perhaps the thing that added a lot of white hair for me is also knowing, ministering to those that are more mid, um, middle, or middle-aged now, but more older, when their kids are older, and they feel no hope. And it's really hard to, for me to go and try to encourage. And then being reminded my age, I mean, you just have young books. Just wait for your time. True story. Um, but at the same time, I know my results are not in. But at the same time, I'm fearful. I'm not prideful going to that. But I also think this is some of the things we need to know now before there's kids. And also when our kids are what? Very young. We need to discipline them unto the Lord. We don't want it a little uh, too late. Okay? Um, with that. So as application, um, we need to be proactive in speaking out about our children's sin. Uh, we need to uh, nip it in the bud concerning our children's sin also as well, right? Um, and also we, need, we do need to discipline. And we need to do it not only when it's embarrassing, okay? Not only do it because we have to go to church or we're in front of our parents and our parents are going to say something or, or in-laws or relatives during the holiday season. But we need to do it even when we're on our own. Uh, even when we're tired, because we want to do it for the Lord, for their sake, because we love them, okay? Also, we need to discipline not out of fear of man, because it's embarrassing, but also ultimately do it because of what? For the Lord. And I think our kids could tell, eventually, when they get older. I love little kids, they're very forgiving. But we also know, teenage years, it's going to be different, right? Uh, all of that, okay? So, at the same time, also, need, I think people could tell, our kids could tell when you discipline, because... For your own honor, or really if you're doing it for what? The Lord. Because there'll be more love, loving when you do it for the Lord, okay? Let's go to the next point. Beware of thinking you're not responsible for not disciplining your kids. You know what? The part that gets me so sober is when I read that passage, this passage at first, I think, oh, well, they're grown kids. They're responsible for their own sins. But if you look at verses 27 and 36, we're not going to rehearse every single thing. 
uh, while it is true that every person is responsible for your sin, you cannot say, oh, I've sinned and therefore it's all my parents' fault and you have no responsibility. True or not. But the other part is also true too. You cannot say, oh, okay, just, it's all our kids' fault and therefore we don't have any what? Responsibility. Does that make sense? Okay. So we see here in verses 27. Uh, okay. So what we see here is in this long passage is what? A passage on rebuking and about the need for disciplining what? The kids, because God is going to what? Discipline who? Because, by the way, isn't it so ironic? Because the fact that Eli could not discipline his, Eli could not discipline his kids, God was going to discipline who? The parents also as well. Okay? okay. And let's, let's all quiet down a little bit, okay? Girls, kids, uh, boys and girls, okay? So we see here, uh, the other part is we need to be responsible, right? Uh, by the way, how long is this? Verses 27 and 36, the discipline. Is it short or pretty long compared to the rest of the chapter? It's pretty long, okay? In fact, is there more verses about what the sons did bad? Or is there more verses about the words of God's discipline? discipline? Yeah, that is actually longer, okay? And then there, what, what is God going to do? He even cut his own line. By the way, did that get fulfilled later on? Yeah, okay? The two sons will die, as it says, on the same day, Okay? So, have you realized your responsibility as a parent to discipline your child? And have you realized there's even consequences, even right now, right, when we don't discipline, okay? When we don't discipline also as well, okay? Uh, then, now, let's go to the last point. Let us dedicate our child to the Lord. So, the first thing is not then, go grab your child tonight and spank them. So, uh, this is for everything you've done bad this week, okay? This is not what I'm saying. The first thing you need to do is you need to have a right heart of what? I'm going to dedicate this child for the, what? Lord, okay? Uh, so I need to dedicate this child for the Lord. I think that's ultimately what repentance means. It's not just right away go and grab the kid and spank him for everything they did, did last week. And they're like, huh, what was all that, right? So the first thing is dedicating to the Lord, okay? I love in the middle of all these public events, because this, these sins are very public by the sons, right? There's also, I think what I love about reading this passage is God works behind the scene. God works in the small things, okay? Whereas the whole country might be focusing on Eli's son's sin. Behind the scene, where people are not even paying attention, not even headline news is what's going on. God is working through a young child named who? Samuel, okay? In fact, if you look, uh, look with me in verses 19 to 21. This is where it has hope, okay? I don't want this message to be like, oh, it's hopeless, or we're just terrible. But even when we do, we need to repent and also what? Dedicate our child to the Lord, okay? Verses 19 says, Now Samuel was ministering before the Lord as a boy wearing a linen ephod. And his mother would make him a little robe and bring it to him for year to year when she would come with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkah, which is the husband, and his wife and say, May the Lord give you children from this woman in place of the one she dedicated to the Lord. And then they went home and, you know, they, verse 21 says what? They had, what? Three sons and two daughters. Remember, this is an older widow. Well, not older widow, older woman. Unable to conceive and God was gracious, okay? Because she put who first? In fact, if you look at Hannah, Hannah's the mother of who? Samuel. There's, I think, a juxtaposition, a contrast between the mother and also of Eli, okay? In fact, if you do have your, if you do have the outlines with me, oh man, the words are all... Okay, you see the contrast, compare and contrast between the two. You see in 19 to 21 the mother's love of what? Samuel's mom. And then you, you see sadly in the story about Eli, 
the father's what? Sorrow, okay? You also see in this passage, Eli's blessing of the mother for dedicating his child to the Lord. But then you see Eli's rebuke to her, his own son, okay? Whereas Eli's, uh, whereas uh, Hannah would have life and also children, guess what happened to Eli's son? He will not have life and there will be even death, okay? You see Samuel grow in all, all, all these passages. And I think what's going on here is to emphasize that along the way, this is what we need to be like. Now our first thing is before we have all the rules of discipline, which we will talk about, the mechanics, the practical part, next one. But we need to, first thing and foremost, why we discipline must the motivation should be what? Dedicating this child for the Lord, okay? Dedicating the child for the Lord, okay? By the way, as you read this story, I think there's a ray of hope. In the midst of this bad example of the son, do you see how many times Samuel is mentioned? This young child, verses 11, do you see that? Uh, then the boy ministered to the Lord, okay? Then it goes on to the big, like the adults, the sons of Eli. And then it, it says their sin. But did you catch what happened in the middle of all this? Verses 18 and 21 goes back to Eli, young, uh, young Samuel, okay? Then it goes again about Eli's sin, son's sin, verses 21 to 25. But verse 26, what is it about? It looks back to who? Samuel. Samuel again, okay? Then God's prophet rebukes uh, God sends an unnamed prophet to rebuke Eli for his son's sin and Eli's negligence as a parent. But in chapter 3, verses 1, who does it focus on again? Yeah, young Samuel. It even says boy all this time, okay? So I think what we see here is that Hannah is what? Dedicate her child to the Lord, okay? I think we need to realize that our kids are a steward that we have for such a short time. I, can't, I, I actually feel like, I look at Rebecca, I cannot believe she is eight years old. I feel like it was just the other day we saw pictures of her where she's like, you know, putting on a little mask at one year old, like, ah, in the camera, right? And all of a sudden, like, think, blink of eyes, like, same face, but what? Saying, oh, dad, I don't want you to grow up here. So, wow, she has her own opinion now, right? It's like, what happened, right? And I think eight years, but another eight years, 16, oh, no. She's even going to have more opinions, okay? And, and, then, and then you add, like, thinking, like, oh, man, eight years just... Like, 18 is not that far away when you think 8 plus 8, 16. And then you think, oh man, another, you know, not so much math, but you know, you think it's just so fast, right? And you realize time is so short. And that makes me feel like every time I have time with kids, I said, man, I really want to tell them everything. And then I talk to Andrew. Andrew's, you know, the missionary we have. His daughter's how old now? His oldest? Do you guys remember? Fourteen. Yeah. And twelve. Andrew feels like, oh no, I have four more years before she goes to college. And now he's telling me, I never thought I don't have enough time. And he's telling me, like, I can't go over everything I know about God with her. So I need to send her to the right school and the right way. Right church, too. You know, to find a like-minded church that will continue, hopefully, also as well. Because there's so many things that cannot be, what, covered. I'm thinking, what, Andrew? Well, I thought you tried to, yeah, I am trying to, you know, put all the effort into it. But still, there's not enough, what, time. And that makes me think, uh-oh. Okay, if you say this, that means, okay, like, Rebecca, I've got to wake up in the middle of the night right now. Let's do the word, right? okay? But everything, so that means if we are so much dedicated to the Lord, with them, that means we must even redeem the time when it comes to discipline. It shouldn't be like, hey, you, you, you know, you did not say hi to Akun and you slap them, punch, not punch them, okay, uh, discipline, spank them. You never punch them, okay? You never slap them. You, you know, all that, and after you do that, it's what, also pointing people to what? The Lord, okay? So it's not just out of your own, what? 
anger, your sinful anger, okay? So every opportunity is to talk about what? The Lord, okay? Every opportunity. We could be homeschooling about, you know, anatomy right now, right? And just be even going over like, the human body part to me is so amazing, okay? It took me, it just, my mind is just blown. Just how even the skeleton system. I just thought skeletons would just give us what? Shape, okay? Like some of us are, you know, big bone or whatever. And I realized, wait, bones are not just only for that. What is the other function? It's to protect our what? Brain. Brain and our lung. <laughs> then I realized, hey, it's also related to what? Other bodily system, right? You cannot have an immune system without what? Bones. Because why? Where do uh, oh, white blood cells come from? Is the marrow, right? So you think, wow, the beauty of that. And that's an opportunity to always talk about what? The Lord, just the beauty of the interconnectedness of everything fitting perfectly, the interconnections, right? All of that. So it brings us to say that we must definitely discipline our kids for the Lord. And next month, we will talk about the mechanics, okay? Let me stop at this point.